So this episode is probably the most educational and inspirational episode I've ever done on the Take Chances podcast. I had an opportunity to interview Kevin Dwayne, who's a health and wellness coach out of Atlanta, Georgia. But we talk about so much more than health and wellness. You really got to tune into this episode. Now, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we're talking about, you know, his background and you get into the story. But at the 20 minute mark, it gets really, really interesting. So stay tuned. Take chances. Hey, you got to take chances. It's your day. You got to take chances. No more wait. You got to take chances. It's your day. Chance, man. You got to take this. chances. No more wait. All gas. No brakes. Tall grass. More snakes. No pass. New day. Your pass. New pavement. All right, welcome back. This is episode 10 of the Take Chances Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Max. And on the Take Chances Podcast, we talk about three things, tech, culture, and people. Now, today we're focused on the people pillar, and I am so excited to bring to you our guest today, Kevin Dwayne. Kevin, will you take a second to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Kevin Dwayne. I'm uh, located here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a local uh, health and wellness coach here in the city of Atlanta. So, Kevin, I, I guess I'll give the audience just some background on how we got connected. Uh, yes, so we yes. both know Josh. Um, yeah. I talked about Josh uh, on the last episode I just did. Um, he's like the conduit to everybody. In the <laughs> um, it's great yes. to connect with you, man. I, I went and checked you out on Instagram. And uh, I'm just really blown away at, at your knowledge, but then also your ability to practice what you preach. So yes, talk a little bit about, um, you know, just your journey as a uh, a health and wellness coach like what does that mean for you and then how did you get it started into that um well um what it means to me is that um i get an opportunity i get a chance to help people every day um i enjoy helping i enjoy teaching i enjoy guiding my clients um so it, it means a lot that i'm able to help people uh, make some amazing goals some great transformations not just externally but the transformation that takes place inside uh, so definitely love what I do. Um, definitely a passion of mine. Um, and as far as how I got started, um, I've always kind of you know worked out and been involved in just being active physically. Uh, but um, it, it's interesting. My my journey really started with my mother when I was a kid. Uh, she used to work out at home, and I remember seeing her doing aerobics in the living room, and that actually was my introduction and start into the world of fitness at a head. I probably was around 10 or 11 when I really noticed her uh, doing that daily. Wow. Is your mom still pretty active today? Yeah, she is. She is. She is. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So did you, when you were a kid, were you following along doing the activities with her? I was. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, man, it's funny. I, um, myself, my sister, uh, um, had a couple cousins. This typically would be in the summertime when we were out of school and, you know, summer, you know, summer break, you know, inside, outside the house. Uh, but uh, yeah, she would be working out and she would actually pull us in to, you know, do some of the activities with her. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, she made it fun, made it interesting. Um, and it was just something that stuck with me. Uh, she was a person who brought me my first weight bench uh, when I first got into high school. And, uh, you know, at that time, you were ready to you know, lift weights and, 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 you know, show off a little bit more in high school. So, uh, yeah, she was definitely um, the kickstart to me taking this path uh, toward, uh, you know, fitness and wellness. 
Awesome, man. Um, and it's great to hear that come from your mother. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Did, did Talk to me about your household. Not only, and if I'm pressing too much, just let me know. But did you grow up in a yeah. single parent household? I did. So, yeah, okay. I grew up in a single parent household. It was uh, raised by my mother, primarily, and my grandmother. Um, so two strong females in the household. Had a relationship with my dad, and I still have a relationship with my dad. Um, he just wasn't in the household with me growing up. Um, but yeah, but definitely a lot of, of my rearing came from, um, what I was taught, you know, from, from both of those women. And then even, you know, like I said, outside of my father not being there, I had uncles that were around, um, in the household throughout my, you know, those younger years, um, you know, who had an impact on my life as well. And the reason I asked that question is because number one, I grew up that way, but then also mm-hmm. I know a lot of people can connect to your story just from that experience as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So um, you talk about your journey into to health and fitness, but what does it mean to be a health and lifestyle coach? Like, can you give me some more detail around that? Um, so, yeah, what it means to be a health and lifestyle coach. Um, my thing is not just about changing a person's um, outer appearance. I'm big on what takes place inside internally. And the thing is, when we make these changes and we, and we have this growth mentally, emotionally, then that definitely, you know, sets the stage for what we can do physically. So for me, it's not just about teaching someone how to lift a dumbbell or how to do a squat, things of that nature. Yes, that all comes along with it, but it's about helping my clients learn new habits and skill sets internally. That's going to make this a lifestyle um, change versus just something you're doing for the summer months. So I'm, I'm, I'm passionate and big on basically mindset development, helping my clients change how they approach their, their health, their wellness, um, how they, you know, foods they put into the, you know, to your body and even how you think your thought processes play a huge part in your overall health and wellness. So it's so much more to it than what we do inside the gym. Um, and that's the piece that, that, you know, I really like to, you know, also hone in on and my clients who see me on a personal basis or virtually, they get more of that versus what you may see what I do on, you know, social media platforms. Kind of talk more about how that connects towards like uh, that mentality applies to life. I, and I think of this from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. How does working out affect your business and, the, and your decision making? How does it affect my business? Not just your business, but your client's business or just their day to day, their work life and so my take on it is that I believe that when we're in a, a, a state of good health, mentally, physically, spiritually, it then transforms to what our outer world looks like. So we have a more, you know, mental, positive mental attitude. Um, we take, you know, our challenges and, 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 and find a better way to resolve them and deal with our issues versus just being reactive, but being more proactive, um, taking time to, you know, think through processes. Um, and being patient, uh, all of that plays a role in how we, you know, create the energy that surrounds us, you know, each and every day. So in a sense of what we learn when, you know, when I'm teaching clients, you know, um, how to lift a certain weight or how to do a certain movement, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes repetition. All those different things, you know, not only are they building something for you externally, but it's also changing how you think and, and, and look at things and, and, and um, your habits as well. So when you're creating all this new energy, this new space 
and the way you think, all based on just movement patterns and eating well and so on and so forth, you're then now creating all these different internal changes that's going to reflect in your success that you have outside of just the gym. Um, so it's, it's really big on, on it's changing how we think and how we approach things. And I, I just find a unique way to you know, incorporate that into you know, training for the body. That's powerful, man. I think that a lot of us, you know, we go to the gym or we get a personal trainer for the external, right? Right. But the transformation takes place in the mind. And I think Absolutely. that's what your, what your core business model is or your, one of your core business principles. And that's really cool to see you have a focus on that. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about your evolution as, as a lifestyle coach or health and lifestyle coach. Were you always this way with the connecting the mind, body and soul? Or was it you know, hey, come in here and get this workout and go home? Or how, how'd, you get, how'd you get to this place where you are today? Uh, it's, it's been a combination of all of that. Uh, I definitely, so, you know, let me say this too, my clients will attest to this, that they still get a kick-ass workout when they see. <laughs> uh, you know, we're not definitely, you know, uh, it's not just about having a, sometimes my clients say they had counseling sessions with me. <laughs> but you're definitely going to get that, that workout in as well. Um, but my, my evolution um, within this space of, of fitness, um, it, it, so I initially didn't start in fitness. My background actually is in education. Um, I'm a former educator uh, by profession. I, I spent 16 years in the field of education. Um, I was a school teacher for three of those years. I was a, a specialist for um, several years. Um, and then I moved on to some other admin roles within the space of education. So for me, the evolution came from me being an educator and a teacher. And I took what I enjoyed doing in my personal time, which was working out and exercising. And I took that and I brought the skills that I learned from, you know, the space of education and I incorporated them together, which helped me to evolve in this space of, you know, mind, body and spirit when it comes to health and wellness. Um, so I always, you know, always like to say, and I tell my clients this, that at, at the core of things and at the heart, I'm still a teacher, I'm still an educator. So I just change my subject matter when I'm teaching, you know? So that's, that's how the ele ele um, evolution of what I do came about. That's powerful, man. And that's yeah. valuable too. That's, and, and when you say that you come from an education background, it makes sense when you think about your approach to not only just, you know, learning the subject of, you know, fitness, and also connecting, you know, the real life application of fitness as well, like the mental aspect as well. So absolutely. Yeah, that's man. awesome, man. That's, that's <laughs> that just lit the light bulb off for me. So um, kind of talk to me about how what made you transition into fitness from education where you kind of get into a place where you're burnt out or, you know, I, I could tell also, let me say this. I could tell from your Instagram that this is not something you just started during COVID. Like you've been right. doing this. So, uh, talk to me about your transition uh, into fitness. Yeah, no, it's definitely not something that started doing COVID. Uh, I've been doing this for, for many years now. Um, but my transition came about, um, I did. I, I, I got into a point, I spent, like I said, about 16 years in, in public education. Um, and I did. I got into a point where I felt I'd done enough and I was getting burned out. Um, and I wanted, I've always kind of wanted to do my own thing. That was always something, even I, I recall when I was in high school, you know, you have your senior book and you write what your future is going to look like or what you want to do. And one of them I had in there, you know, just being a business owner, owning my own business, doing my own thing. I had an idea of walking to work with a briefcase in my hand. <laughs> um, 
I did do that in a sense. It's just a different way. So after, you know, I would say probably my year 14 in education, I really started feeling that pull and that itch to, you know, it was time to transition and start doing something else. And um, a couple years later, uh, um, I decided um, to, you know, to, to make that jump. I was um, already training part time before I did. So I was training part time for um, a few years, a couple years before I decided to go full time. Um, but in 2016, at the end of the school year, I, I decided to um, take a chance. I stepped out on faith and I you know, said, God, I'm going to trust you. And, um, and I did it. And um, this June, uh, it made, what, six years, I believe. Yeah, six years full time in the space of um, fitness and wellness. Yeah. Talk to me about those early days uh, of, of entrepreneurship. Was it tough or just because you were training clients in the past? Was it an easy transition or just kind of talk to me about getting off the ground? Sure. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it was easy. No, it was not easy. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean, initially, man, I started out with, um, so when I was doing it part-time, I just had a couple of clients here and there I would train after work. Um, I always say I did my, you know, my, my eight to nine to five. From nine to five, I did, you know, the job that paid the bills. From five to nine, I worked on my passion, you know. Um, so early on, you know, I was training a couple, just a couple clients part time inside my uh, uh, gym in my apartment complex. Um, as I started getting closer, the year before I decided to go full time, um, I started doing a little bit more. I started um, a group program and I started training clients in the park. I started boot camp class. We started in the park. So I went from having a couple clients in the evening to adding the group um, program outside in the park. And um, that started going really well. And when that started going really well and I had a couple clients, then a year later, that's when I decided to make the you know transition full time. Now, when I did do that, it, it still took a lot, you know, it took a lot for me to get to the point where I'm at now. Um, you know, and I tell some people, a lot of people don't know, but initially, because it was a significant decrease in my salary at the time, um, I went from, you know, a, a quote unquote secure full-time income to now, and I had to hustle to make, you know, my, my income and make my ends meet. Um, so initially early on, I ended up, um, I was driving for Lyft and uh, Uber part-time for about four or five months until I continued to build my client base um, as I was just, you know, in this space full time. Um, so yeah, that, you know, that was definitely interesting. You know, I, I went from, like I said, you know, full-time career, you know, you knew exactly when you're getting paid, so on and so forth. So now it was like, okay, if I really want this to work, I got to do whatever it takes to make this happen. Um, so yeah, so like I said, over and lift, I downsized um, where I was living all those different things just to put myself in a position to where I could um, at least make a living off as I was building until I eventually got to the point where um, my salary actually started meeting what I was making when I left education. And then from there, you know, it, it expanded and grew. And I think that's important to note because a lot of people see Instagram, uh, entrepreneurship yeah. as so glamorous, right? Like right. see the lifestyle, but they don't know what it took. You know, I'm sure right. in 2016, when you were making that transition, you were probably missing some meals, not not because you were uh, trying to lose weight, right? Right. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, just to see that grind and that grit, that determination and that uh, mental fortitude to get where you are is, is really good to note. And I'm sure that a lot of people could resonate with that. Yeah. Um, and, 
if I can, I want to add to that. Like, so one thing that, that I'm key with doing, I write, I handwrite a lot of notes and everything. And and it's funny you, you know, you brought that up because um, I had recently moved and I was going through some old stuff and I found some of my old notes from when I started this, you know, initial journey, planning out how, you know, my group class was going to go and then, you know, what the cost factor was going to be. And I was just looking at those notes, comparing it to then and to where I am now. And I had to step back and say, thank you, God, because then, you know, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, it was hard. It was hard. I had people thought I was crazy for leaving, you know, the space of, of a full-time career to jump into something, um, you know, that some people felt that it was, you know, oversaturated or what have you. Um, but I was determined, and uh, you know, and and, and with, uh, like I said, with that that hard work and that dedication, um, I thank God that I that I've been able to get to the place where I'm at now. And for those that don't know, like y'all got to go follow Kevin on Instagram. Like <laughs> I was watching his videos, and I was getting motivated to do some to some workouts. And I think the really cool thing about your page um, mm-hmm. is not only are you just doing workouts, but you're also teaching like you're teaching in the caption you're teaching yeah. like while you're making the video like exactly what to do and a lot of the stuff that I was seeing you do is like stuff that I could do at home you know mm-hmm. and um that was that was really eye-opening for me you know I, I feel like I'm pretty active in the gym but just to see some of the workouts that you're doing with no weights and just kind of you know pull-ups and that kind of thing is right. it's powerful to see like squats and you know just real things that you could do at the house absolutely yeah absolutely so talk to me about your eating habits. I know you mentioned that earlier, and I know that's like the hardest thing for most people trying to get into fitness. Talk to me about your eating habits. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So for me, uh, I, I tend to be very disciplined um, when it comes to my eating habits. Now, my clients always, you know, they make jokes They because they, they, we have these conversations. They ask me what I eat or what, what's a cheat meal for me. So for me, I tell them a cheat meal for me will be going to Chipotle. And they look at me like, that's not a cheat meal. <laughs> that's not a cheat meal. Like, you don't do wings, you don't do... And every so often, I'll do something like that, but it's not that often. I'm, I'm, I am like, pretty disciplined when it comes to my eating. I do always tell my clients this, though. So just like anybody else, we all have, you know, our Achilles heel, so to speak. Um, mine's is sweets. I do, I do love sweets. I love not... And it's not like candy bars, Snicker bars, things of that nature. I like baked goods. So when it comes to, you know, looking at nutrition and food and it's something that I would, you know, cheat on or so to speak with, it would be something sweet. Like don't go inside the bakery section of like Whole Foods or Publix. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, yeah, especially on an empty stomach. Yeah. And it gets you every time. Yeah. But yeah. But but outside of that, um, yeah, I'm really disciplined with that. And it's, part of that is is not just because um, it's just, you know, who I am and being disciplined discipline but I also have to understand that I am an example for my clients I can't be out here eating and drinking and doing all this other stuff if what I am promoting is about health and wellness and living well and eating nutritious you know nutritious foods and things of that nature now don't get me wrong it's definitely okay to have those things in moderation but with anything in life you have to have a balance and my thing as well as if you're coming to me for training and you're coming to me for a program, I always like to explain to clients, it will require you to make some temporary sacrifices to really achieve your goals. You know, so it's definitely necessary. You're going to have to make those nutritional changes. This, I'll put it in order like this. Nutrition, um, then, you, you know, the gym 
And then um, your rest and your supplementation and all those other things come after that. But nutrition is first, the gym is second, and then everything else, you know, comes behind those two. I know that's the hardest thing for me is just, you know, <laughs> being disciplined with what I'm, you know, putting in my body. But I'm yeah. trying to do a better job, man. I actually got a, a trainer uh, maybe a month or two ago. Good, um, yeah. And uh, it's been going great. I, like, I've been going consistently. I feel like I, well, I know I've been losing a lot of weight and also gaining a lot of muscle. But um, that eating part is just the struggle. Well, let me ask you this. Like, uh, what's your, like, what do you eat on a Monday through Friday? <laughs> Monday Are through you Friday. Chicken, broccoli, rice? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so okay. So, let me, let me say this. So, outside of me being a, um, a health and wellness coach, personal trainer, I am also a professional bodybuilder. Mm. Um, so, and, and I'm saying that to say, because it's going to answer your question. So in this space of professional bodybuilding, when you're prepping for a competition, your eating is pretty strict. Um, and, and let me jump back real quick. A lot of people, when, I, when you talk about bodybuilding, a lot of people tend to think bodybuilders have to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and people like that. And just real, you know, The Rock and so on and so forth. Um, there are different categories and levels to bodybuilding. So one of the categories that I competed in and I compete in is uh, called men's physique. And it's basically, you know, men who, you know, when you work out and you get on stage, you get judged for, in a sense, having what's called a beach body look. Um, so I'm saying that to say with that particular, you know, competition and lifestyle, there's a certain way you have to eat. So a lot of times my eating consists of like ground, tur ground turkey, grilled chicken, um, rice. Um, I do eat potatoes. People think you can't eat potatoes and that nature. You definitely need your complex carbs. Um, but it's, it's pretty linear, man. It's just, you know, so on average, I'll have like this week, I prep food typically on, on a Sunday or Monday. Um, and mainly my meals were uh, ground chicken, um, some collard greens. And when I say collard greens, they're not made like grandma makes collard greens. Yeah. <laughs> you won't find any pork or fat back or anything like that. <laughs> um, that, um, some uh, sweet potatoes. Um, also some fish as well. I eat a lot of fish. Um, so typically my diet consists of, of those proteins, um, typically chicken, turkey, or fish. I don't eat any red meat or pork. Um, haven't eaten any of that in like 25 years. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of green veggies. Um, I like, I make a lot of green smoothies, uh, as well. Um, I drink plenty of water. Um, so my diet is, is pretty bland for a lot of people, you know, uh, yeah. but I'm used to it. <laughs> Yeah. What do your clients think about how you eat? Do they try to adopt that same lifestyle? Um, to an extent, because um, part of, you know, the way I you know train and, and, and create their nutrition plans, um, it does require you to make some of those changes. And I do. So one of the things with my clients, I have them fill out a, a eating questionnaire so I can get an ideal of foods that they actually enjoy eating. And when I create their meal plans, nutrition, nutrition plans, I try to, you know, work to incorporate things that they will enjoy eating so it's not as bland and boring, um, you know, within their plans. But, yeah, so they get some of that, but they definitely see how, you know, I eat 80 percent, 80, 85 percent of the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's not something they want to do for the rest of their right. lives. <laughs> right. Right. So talk to me a little bit about bodybuilding. I didn't I didn't know that that was a, a focus of yours. Tell me about how you got into that and uh, just your regimen and how you go about sure. getting in competition. Sure. Um, I've always kind of had an interest in it. Um, I didn't actually do my first um, bodybuilding competition. I did it later in life. I, I call it uh, 
my my um I don't know uh midlife I don't want to say midlife crisis but midlife change um and I didn't do my first show until I was 40. Um, so I did my first competition at, at 40 and um, I'm 45 now, I'll be 46 this year. Um, so I did my first Let me pause you right there. Cause that's unbelievable, man. You look like you were all of 28 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. That's crazy. That just blew my mind. Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did my first competition when I turned um, 40 and it was just something I was turning 40. I wanted to, you know, do something different. And I said, you know, I always had an interest in it. I was already in this space of, you know, fitness and wellness. So I said, um, let me give it a try. And um, I did. I um, ended up getting a first place uh, position and uh, third place in my first show. A few months later, that was a, a, a regional show. A few months later, I went to a national show and I ended up placing second in my category, the national show. And um, I continued on, you know, from there. And then in um, 2019, um, I didn't do anything last year because it was COVID, uh, but 2019 was my, my last show. And um, I actually obtained what is called my professional card um, in the sport. So now I'm basically a professional um, bodybuilder, International um, Federation of Bodybuilding. So it's called an IFBB Pro. So basically it's, it's on the lines of, of what happens like in, the, in the, the sport of tennis. When you become pro, you now you can compete on the pro league you know, for competition prizes and things of that nature and stuff. So, yeah. So I was able to obtain that in 2019. Wow. And that's, that's so amazing. I know, like I told you earlier, my audience spans from 18 to 26 year olds, like or mm -hmm. early young professionals all the way right. to, you know, people that are, you know, middle-aged um, people trying to look to get into fitness or just look, at, look to, you know, expand their mindset. Right. And it's just crazy to, to think that, you know, at, you know, 44 or however you old, however old you were when you obtained that license or that card that you were able to do that, man, that's really yeah. powerful and really inspiring. I know a lot of people can say like, man, like that's impressive. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. My thing is, man, is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm one that has, a, and again, it goes back to mindset. Like I, I don't look at it. Granted, we are going to age chronologically, but aging doesn't necessarily mean that it has you have to age and be in poor health you know yeah we can't stop father time you know um but we can age well we can still live well and life doesn't end you know what you know in your 40s and in your 50s and your 60s i mean uh, granted when i was in my 20s you know i mean you know you think someone in their 40s and 50s is old now i'm in that space and i'm like hell no nah, that's not old i feel good <laughs> right <laughs> It's like, I'm getting my license. I'm getting my body. Exactly. Honestly, yeah. And I, I tell people, honestly, man, I, I feel I'm in, I feel much better now than I did when I was in my twenties. Because you work for it too. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, you, I'm sure you can't feel that way because you're sitting on the couch eating popcorn. No, 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 no. Because I'm, I'm, I'm being active. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So talk about the impact of COVID. You talked about, you know, not doing any competitions, bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in 2020 but you know talk a little bit more about the impact of COVID on not only bodybuilding but also on your business as a um, lifestyle and health coach yeah um so yeah as it, as it relates to, to COVID and in the first part of bodybuilding um you know as you know a lot of things definitely were canceled were put off um due to you know COVID just in a sense kind of coming out of nowhere you know for us or what have you um I did have plans to do a competition at that time uh, but again, like I said, COVID happened. Um, there were some shows, competition shows that were scheduled the later half of 2020, but 
just due to everything that was going on, I decided that I wasn't going to compete in anything at the time. Um, so it did change a lot for a lot of competitors in the space, in the field um, that would have competed that year that didn't end up, you know, competing that year, which, you know, they're definitely doing their competitions this year. Um, as it relates to business, um, I, I can say, man, honestly, I was fortunate that COVID didn't impact my business um, too much. Um, there was some impact, but not a lot. And I say this because I had um, already had in place a virtual, pro, uh, virtual training program that I have for virtual training clients. So what happened when COVID hit and we had to shut down our gym, um, I was able to transition all of my in-person folks to virtual training. And that was, I was able to sustain a good bit of the client base by, you know, by doing that. I did lose some, but I was able to sustain a good amount in the process um, during the time that we were shut down. But then once, you know, the state of Georgia, we were one of the early states that got to go ahead and open back up. But uh, once we were able to open back up, um, I was able to get back in there and then start kind of rebuilding. Um, so it was a it was a it was a slight loss, but not to the point where uh, some other colleagues and, and individuals were really hit hard. And I thank God that I did have something in place that allowed me to make an easier transition for my clients. Talk to me a little bit about your digital presence and kind of your forward thinking to start a program prior to a pandemic, just what were your thoughts in terms of building a virtual program um, before even seeing anything like this? Yeah, well, um, I, I knew that, you know, one of the things I know with being in this space of fitness and wellness is that um, I want to be able to impact as many people as I can and help as many people as I can. And I realized I, you know, I'm only one person, only one man, and I, I can't, you know, see that many clients in, you know, in the course of a day, and serve as that many people. So I had to look at other ways utilizing technology to be able to, you know, help and support and work with other individuals. So um, that's when I started, you know, looking at some things of how I could build up my virtual, you know, um, training platform. That way, um, I don't physically have to be there with clients, but I can still give them a great service, still have the interaction like how we're having this call right now. With um, a lot of my virtual clients, I have this same, you know, type of um, call on a Zoom, you know, check-in or FaceTime check-in. We have those check-ins, you know, weekly or bi-weekly, um, but it was still a way for me to be able to reach more people without actually physically have to, you know, be in, you know, in front of them. Um, so it was, it, it was me just thinking ahead at the time of just wanting to be able to reach more people in general. And then it actually worked out to help me when a pan, you know, when a pandemic hit. What are some of your goals? Like, do you want to continue to drive uh, on a digital or a virtual training program? I know that that's probably one of your strategic goals, but mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you want to do um, just in general? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as it relates to the, the digital side of things, uh, I recently um, launched a subscription service um, for my workouts. I'm a partner with a, a company called Silo, um, utilizing their platform. Um, so actually, you know, individuals from, you know, wherever they're at around the world, they can actually subscribe um, for as low as under $10 a month. You can get four, four structured workouts, more detailed than kind of what I have on my Instagram story. And you can do some of those workouts, you know, the full workouts that I actually do myself and some of the ones that I may have some clients doing. So I definitely want to continue to grow in uh, my, my space in the uh, subscription side of things, um, as well as 
I am looking to, you know, um, do a little bit more work in the space of what I consider it, you know, the coaching side of the mindset development. So um, being able to, in a sense, go back to my roots of teaching and helping people um, teach people in that space of, of doing certain things to be able to change how you, you perceive things, how you think about things and how your thoughts impact the, the direction and the energy you, you know, create around your life. Um, so, you know, I have some things that I'm working on that's going to allow me to be able to kind of step in a sense outside the gym a little bit more, but to be able to still impact people as it relates to health and wellness, but more in that space of, you know, to the, the mental space and the um, uh, mindset development space of uh, uh, health and wellness. Have you ever thought about training trainers, like in terms of, you know, that mindset and then also just the business of, of training? And the reason I, I say that is because I know that there's levels to yeah. this, right? And not yeah. many trainers are on your level. I just wanted to know, like, have you ever thought about doing something like that? Yeah, trainer, trainer. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yes, I have. And I, I'm, I'm actually working on something that is, you know, like that as well. Um, again, going back to my background in education, man, I'm still a teacher. So, yeah, I'm putting some things together that will allow me to, in a sense, train a trainer and train other, um, you know, trainers who are new to the field or are looking to get in the field and on how to, you know, serve your clients from just the very beginning of how you actually start to build your business and your brand. Because one thing, too, I realized with, you know, talking to some trainers, um, and some younger trainers is that you have to understand that this is, you know, you, you're also doing it, you know, for for the love of and the passion, but you also have to understand you're running and operating a business. So in that sense, you want to make sure that you have all those different things set up that you need in order to run a successful business from everything from incorporating your business to, um, you know, setting up your, your tax status, um, all those different things, your accounting, you know, your accounting system, Man, everything related to that. I'm sorry. Managing your time. Absolutely, absolutely. Managing your time. And then even to the point of now when you're getting to servicing clients, how do you structure a workout? How do you create a workout? Because a lot of certification programs don't necessarily get into all the nits and, you know, nit and grits of, of, of actually structuring the workout. And I think what helps me because I had the, the, the background in education when I had to create lesson plans for all different types of student learners. Now I have that with adults. I have all different types of adults who have all different types of fitness levels, health conditions, uh, mobility, you know, uh, how they move and things of that nature. So you, you have to know how to create your training programs to, you know, accommodate their particular needs. You got to meet your clients where they are is what I say. And that's something that I had to do in education. Talk to me a little bit about uh, branding. I, I see that your brand is really strong. Um, and I would just love to know what are your thoughts on branding and how did you brand yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely branding. You definitely have to, you know, uh, brand who you are. You have to be. One thing is that I look at, you know, major companies like, uh, you know, just for example, restaurants, you know, McDonald's, or, uh, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, just in any street in, in Atlanta, you can ride down the street and you got one of each on the other side of the street. And so there's always, you know, uh, one spot you can go to over another spot, so on and so forth. But what is it about you or your spot that sticks out that others will, you know, come to? And that's where your branding comes in at. Um, so for me, branding is definitely big. Um, I always say that, especially in this space of health and wellness, I am a walking billboard. 
Um, so, and I, and I say that for the simple fact of what I do, I have to look the part. Um, and if I am promoting a lifestyle of health and wellness, and not just the physical side, but even, like I said, the mental side of how I think and my attitude and how I, so just my interactions with people on a daily basis, if it's just coming across someone in the store who follows me on social media, or just in general, just a random stranger, and I'm holding the door for them or something like that. For me, all of that plays into my branding um, and who I am as a, as a person, who I am as a business, who I am as a brand. So it's definitely key that you set yourself apart and your brand represents who you are, you know? Um, so I'm big on that. And, and I believe that my brand represents, you know, who I am, someone who is um, passionate about health and wellness, passionate about helping people, um, as well as, you know, um, um, the way I think in, in, in the space that I want to help others to be in, to, in a sense, simply put, just to live life well. Talk to me about social media. How has social media impacted your business? Um, social media has been great for business. Um, it, it definitely has. Um, and it's, it's funny, I, I started out with uh, Facebook years ago. You know how Facebook gives you memories of different things you put on there. And I see some of the old stuff I put on there. Sometimes I'll drop it. Actually, I dropped one in my story today on Instagram. Um, but yeah, social media is, is huge, man. I mean, you, you get an opportunity to connect with people from all around the globe. And you don't you know, realize that just one little simple thing you're doing you know, here in the city of Atlanta can impact someone on the other side of the world in a major way. So it's, it's definitely important if you're looking to you know, just you know, as a business, if you just want to, you know, get your, your business out there, having a social media presence is definitely important. Um, definitely IG, Facebook, um, TikTok as well. I don't have a TikTok account yet, but it's, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely key to, to marketing um, your business because uh, it's, it's just kind of where the future is right now. Man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I feel like we touched on marketing, touched on branding. You know, what is something that you want to communicate to everyone listening to this podcast episode, uh, whether that be your your fans, new fans or new supporters? What's something that you want to communicate to them? I think the thing I was want to communicate to folks is that um, when it comes to fitness and health and wellness, granted, yes, we all want to have that that look for the summertime or you're going on a trip or your birthday or whatever. You just want to look good. You want to feel good, look good in the mirror, so on and so forth. Um, but it's so much bigger than that, because the thing is, we have to look at this as we are caregivers of this vessel, this body we have. We only get one of these. Ain't, you can't go back to the store and get another. Right. You know, so the <laughs> thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is that we have to do our best to care for ourselves. You know, the better if we are a better caregiver to ourselves, then that makes us a better caregiver for the ones around us, the people we love, our family, our friends, our loved ones, so on and so forth. And. And in being a better caregiver for yourself, it just, for me, I honestly believe it just puts yourself and your life in a different space. You attract different energy when you care for yourself in a, in a good way, in a, not a selfish way. It's not necessarily selfish in taking care of yourself because, you know, we're, you know, who's going to do it for you? We're not kids anymore. You're not a little kid. You know, we're responsible for kids when they're kids. But when you're adults, we're responsible for ourselves. So we're responsible for being good caregivers of this vessel that we have and however long we have it. You know, you want it to, to um, be in its best condition, be in its best health and shape. 
and not just the physical side, but the mental side of it as well. You want to just be able to live well all the way around. So, you know, I, I leave, you know, my thing is leaving with folks is just whatever you can do to be a good caregiver to you. And sometimes that may mean, may even mean cutting off certain people from your life, you know? So it's not just, again, it's, it's so much more than just the physical side of being a good caregiver to yourself. Sometimes it's saying no to someone, you know? So whatever you can do to be a good caregiver to you, I say go forth and do it. Um, it's not being selfish because you got to take care of you, but you can still love other people in the process of taking care of yourself. Preaching right then, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, uh, plug your social media handles. Uh, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, so definitely on IG. Um, Kevin DeWayne on IG. You can easily find me on their IG. Same thing on Facebook, Kevin DeWayne. Same thing on Twitter, Kevin DeWayne as well. Um, just put those in. It's, it definitely should pop up. You see my, you know, my smiling face pop up in, um, in, in, in a, you know, the profiles or what have you. But yeah, just uh, pretty much Kevin Wayne at Instagram, same thing, Facebook, um, Twitter, and eventually TikTok. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, we, we, we talk a lot about TikTok on this podcast, so hopefully yeah. we'll see you there. You know, I'm just yes, now getting started on TikTok, so we'll be learning together. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Folks might see different side of me, see me bust out a dance or two. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, Kevin, man, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I look forward to getting this podcast out. The last thing I'll say is uh, take chances. Yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me, man. And then definitely, you know, anytime I definitely come back and, and you know, talk about some other things, share some light or what have you. Um, but uh, yes, sir. I appreciate you for having me on. All gas, no brakes, tall grass, more snakes, no pass, new day, your pass, new pavement, your pace, no race, don't hate, it's fate. Gotta take the chance of his way In this game of life ain't no plan When the odds against you don't fail Stand tall and take chances You got the ball, get to the basket It's your shot, don't pass it